court functionaries in the halls. Weapons were everywhere, and he had to force himself to keep his focus where it belonged. The moment, the task, the gun. Thoughts of escape were a distraction. He had his companions to help cover that angle. Further thought was stopped by the sound of stirring beyond the door, of the movement of chairs and the clattering of dinnerware. He breathed deeply, forcing himself to do so against the urge to panic. He watched as the man at the head of the table beyond the doorway rose and began walking toward him. William the Silent, known for his shrewd tendency toward taciturnity, looked tired, but there was still a verve and an energy about him as he spoke with one of his halberdiers. The man in the hallway breathed deeply as William approached, stepped through the door. The words left his lips as his feet propelled him forward, not trusting himself if he hesitated. Your Highness, he intoned, showing the paper in his hand, I have a petition, if you will but consider it for a moment. He was aware of the prince taking the paper from his hand, holding it up to look at it. His eyes passed across the text, and the would-be assassin realized with a moment's surprise that William was actually reading what had been put in front of him with some degree of attentiveness. Any sense of sentiment for the nobleman was beaten out of the assassin's mind, however, by the second voice that screamed silently to act now. His arm was raising, fast as it could, the pistol in his hand, but still horribly slow to his mind. He pulled the trigger, and the world became smoke and flash announced by a deafening bang. Then everything went wrong at once. Sparks flashed into the assassin's eyes, burning across his face, and he lost his tenuous balance as the recoil of the weapon ripped through his arm and into his shoulder. He staggered back, a single thought in his mind. Run. He didn't get the chance. A sword cut through the smoke, and his attempt to move rapidly out of the way only garnered him a sharp pain in his leg and the scent of his own blood. He tried to turn, but the butt of a halberd struck him in the gut. He doubled over, seeing William lying on the floor, clutching at his neck, in agony but still alive. Failed. I have failed. The second halberd hewed into his back and he screamed, falling forward and rolling to the side. His eyes beheld the high vaulted ceiling and a mass of faces, mouths stretched in horror and hate. The last thing he saw was the steel edge of yet another halberd sweeping down to fill his vision. The bells tolled across the city in a discordant clang that Cederno had to work to ignore. He knew why, and though the city of Antwerp trembled in horror over what had transpired earlier in the day, he felt only disgust. They had come so close. Their assassin's bullet had wounded the traitor prince, and yet William the Silent lived. The bells called the people to pray, not to weep. Cederno had seen enough great men die over the years to know the mood of the public when a killer failed. As he sat in the offices of the patron with whom he'd shared the work of supporting this abject failure, Cederno found himself idly toying with the pommel of the rapier he wore. If only that wretch Juan de Jaregui were still alive, he thought, to be properly punished for stupidly botching what had been a perfect opportunity. However, there was little doubt in Cederno's mind that de Jaregui was dead. Soon he would have to flee the city, lest his master be implicated in this by his presence. Parma had to remain clean, else Cederno would have done this himself a long time ago. He heard noise behind him, rapid and mouse-like. 
The patron was coming through the door, and Cederno could have bathed in the cowardice dripping off him. Venero was a short man with wide, frightened eyes. All is lost, Venero exclaimed. Yes, Cederno replied. This is what happens when you select the wretched coward to do your dirty work for you. Cederno rose and walked toward the back door of the merchant's shop. I would find your master, Gaspar de Agnastro, if you can. It will not be long before they are at your doorstep. Gaspar has left the city already days ago, Venero pleaded, following on Cederno's heel. He made a grab for the cloak the taller man wore, and Cederno turned swiftly on his heel, backhanding the smaller man in the side of the head with all the force he could muster, crumpling him to the floor. Try not to piss yourself when they come for you. The Italian made his way out into the streets through a back door. Antwerp.